We set aside a few minutes every Sunday morning to suggest news or trends that seem to be predicted by a literal futurist reading of the Bible. We're careful to use recognized, reliable sources for the news. That's because there's a lot of sensationalism surrounding unfulfilled Bible prophecy. We don't want to add to it, which would detract from the word. We're not saying the things we report are the fulfillment of prophecy, only that they're things you'd expect in light of reading the Bible. So here's what I mean. Let's say you're having your morning devotions, and because it promises you a special blessing just to read it, you're doing it in the revelation of Jesus Christ. You come across this infamous passage in chapter 13. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. And no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. You go off to work thinking about this and how it might come to pass one day. And then a friend texts you with a link to an article on Breitbart.com titled, Amazon wants you to scan your palm to pay for groceries. Intrigued, you read the following. Business Insider reports that Amazon is now letting customers pay at its Seattle convenience stores by scanning their palms. Amazon has begun trialing its new contactless Amazon One payment method, which links a customer's palm print to a credit card so that they can pay by waving their hand in front of a scanner. The palm scan also opens electronic entry gates at the two Amazon Go stores that usually require a code. The technology could roll out to more than 20 of Amazon's Go stores as the trial continues. Amazon has also been encouraging other retailers to sign up for this technology. Customers can sign up for the payment method by going to one of the two stores trialing the system, entering their credit card details and their mobile number into a device, and scanning their palm on a biometric reader. Amazon also stated that both users' palms can be registered because you never know which palm will be free when you need it. It's not the same thing that John was talking about 2,000 years ago, but it's similar enough that you think, hey, this is kind of the direction that the Bible said we'd be moving into in the last days, and seems like we are. Now, we believe the resurrection and rapture of the church is imminent. It could happen at any moment. Nothing needs to happen before Jesus comes for his church, and we say that it will definitely happen before the Great Tribulation. You may not know it, but it is popular today to criticize the imminent rapture of the church. One seemingly potent criticism is that early church writings do not support the imminent rapture. So somebody will tell you, hey, no one even thought of the rapture until way later in history. Uh, the early church fathers never wrote about it. That's just not true. I'm not saying somebody's lying to you, uh, but they've heard it said, and uh, it's like something that's not true that gets passed around. You can say anything, but that doesn't make it true. Listen to this quote from a professor of historical theology. He says, a cursory examination of the early church fathers reveals that they were predominantly premillennial. Clear examples in the writings of Barnabas, Papias, Justin Martyr, Irenaeus, Tertullian, Hippolytus, Cyprian, and Lactantius make this understanding impossible to challenge successfully. I hate to spend any more time on this, but you need to know another popular teaching today is that the revelation of Jesus Christ was written in a genre called apocalyptic literature. 
basically, apocalyptic literature is uh, something that isn't literal. It's not true. Uh, it is symbolic and allegorical. Uh, so they're saying that the revelation cannot be taken as true future history. There are a slew of problems with saying revelation is in that genre, not the least of which is that honest scholars admit that some of revelation doesn't meet any of the requirements for apocalyptic literature. For example, the first three chapters are clearly literal, as John sees Jesus while he's on the island of Patmos and dictates letters to seven actual churches that, list, uh, that were existent in Asia Minor at the time. And so what they're saying is that parts of the book are apocalyptic and parts are not, and so we don't need to pay any attention to it uh, in terms of its literal uh, performance. Jesus will come in the clouds. He'll raise the dead believers of the church age. He'll transform the bodies of living believers to glorified resurrection bodies. We join him in heaven while the earth endures one final seven-year campaign of what we would call severe evangelism as the Lord is seeking to draw men to himself. The question then is, are you ready for the rapture? If not, get ready, stay ready, keep looking up. Ready or not, Jesus is coming. Music